0: Surah Al-Qiyamah 22 and 23 The chapter regarding the ayah Or the ayah is mentioned as the title itself That on that day faces shall be radiant Looking at their Lord The faces shall be radiant Glowing Looking toward their Lord this chapter is therefore regarding the topic of seeing Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala the topic regarding seeing Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala uh, the aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah regarding seeing Allah is what that we will not see Allah in this world but we will see Him in the hereafter. Anybody else? Or agreed? But mm. we'll come to. So, basically you can say that, that it is the Aqeedah of al Sunnah that nobody can see Allah in this existence In this world <coughs> And there is a, a hadith When the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said لَن تَرَوْ رَبَّكُمْ حَتَّى You will not see your Lord until you die You will not see your Lord until you die Meaning when you die and the resurrection happens Then You will see your Lord So that is an evidence that we cannot see Allah in this life لَنْ تَرَوْ رَبَّكُمْ You will not see your Lord حَتَّى tamutu Until you die So when you die Then the resurrection happens And al akhirah Then you will see Allah Ahlul Bida' They as always go to the extremes They go into this side and they go into that side The people of innovation they claim Or one group of them claims what? Take your pick, whichever side, one group of them claims, that you will never see Allah. You cannot see Allah in this life, and you will not see Allah in the afterlife. Allah cannot be seen. That is the opinion of one group from the people of misguidance. The other side of the extreme From the people of misguidance They say That you will see Allah You can see Allah In the afterlife And you can see Allah Even now in this life And that is incorrect also So you see what they mean When they say that Ahlul Sunnah are always upon that middle path. They are always upon that path of truth with the people of innovation and extremes, either on one side or on the other side. Same with the names and attributes. Ahlus Sunnah upon the balanced way of evidences, people of innovation on the extreme, this way or that way. So here Ahlus Sunnah our Akidah is. We cannot see Allah in this life, but we will see Him in the afterlife. One side of the people of innovation say, you cannot see Allah neither in this life nor in the afterlife. The other side of the innovators say, you can see Allah in this world even and in the afterlife. All of that will now come to the Adillah. The evidence is to prove all of that uh, the aqeedah of ahl al-Sunnah and the refutation of the people of innovation. Al-Imam al-Bukhari begins with this ayah as the chapter heading, وَجُوهُ Ilā Rabbihā nādhirah. But on that day, their faces shall be glowing and bright and radiant looking at their Lord. The ayah is a straightforward affirmation that the believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their faces shall be bright and glowing and radiant, looking at their Lord. Some of the scholars in the books of Tafsir, they say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make the faces of the mu'minun Radiant and glowing and bright in advance As preparation For them to be in that appearance to see Allah Others they say That the people, the believers When they see Allah As a consequence of that That's when their faces become Glowing and bright and radiant So, either they are prepared as glowing and bright and radiant in preparation to see Allah or as a consequence of seeing Allah their faces become bright and glowing and radiant so on that day their faces shall be glowing, radiant إِلَىٰ رَبِّهَا نَاظِرًا looking at the Lord looking at the Lord Affirmation in the Quran That the believers will be looking at Allah If that ayah Is so clear Then what would the people of innovation say The ones who claim that you can never see Allah How are they going to explain this ayah What could they say about this ayah That very evidently is saying that the believers, they will be looking at their Lord on that day. Possibly. Possibly they'll do some distortion of the ayah. And they'll add things into it that are not in it to say that the believers will not be looking at Allah, they'll be looking at something else. But there is another popular type of distortion that they attempt with this ayah. No? Oh, well, that may be, but there's another particular point that the scholars always make about this ayah that the innovators try to utilize. it's to do with the fact that it says نَاظِرَة which comes from the verb in Arabic of نَظَرَة which means to look the verb نَظَرَة it depends on which harf jar comes with it basically meaning for those who don't understand Arabic that this particular word depending on what word you put with it the meaning will be different this particular word of looking looking in Arabic depending on what word you put with it alongside it the meaning changes so sometimes it could have a metaphorical meaning depending on what you put with it it could have a metaphorical meaning that it's not physically seeing it's not a physical vision depending on what you put alongside it. Here the people of innovation say that's what it means. That this is a metaphorical looking at Allah. It's not actually looking at Allah. So they say the meaning here is not a literal meaning that they will be looking at Allah, it is a type of metaphor. It is a metaphorical type of meaning. The scholars of Ahlul Sunnah, they clarified that Because linguistically, that may cause problems for some people Because linguistically, there is a possibility of those types of explanations With the verb, navara. The scholars have said though If you ever see this verb or derivations of it Being muta'addi, transgressive With the uh, harf, Jar, ila ilah, if the word ilah comes next to this nawara, then that linguistically in Arabic can never be metaphorical. When it is muta'addi bi ilah, then it must be physical. So any of the innovators who tried to say this is a metaphor, it is something metaphorical, that it's not a physical, actual vision, then the scholars, they said, no, this particular word in Arabic when it has Ilah with it حَرْفْ جَرْ إِلَىٰ مُتَعَدِّي بِإِلَىٰ then linguistically in Arabic as per the rules that are known and understood it cannot be a metaphor with this word it must be physical so that is uh, refuting the people of innovation who claim it's only a metaphor so this is one of the clear-cut evidences that mention the believers will see Allah, physical, literal seeing of Allah, bil بالعين looking with the actual eyes. There are other evidences also in the Qur'an, that is one. Evidence number two, Surat Yunus, ayah number 26. Allah says in that ayah, لِلَّذِينَ Al-Husna was That those who do good, those who are upon Iman and action, they do righteousness, for them there will be, they will get Al-Husna. Al-Husna is Jannah, Paradise. For those who do good, they will get Al-Husna, the ayah says Al-Husna is paradise, Jannah But then the ayah also says, and they will get ziyada. They will get paradise and more So what could be more than paradise? What could this more be? We need a tafsir We need a tafsir Of this word in this ayah, Allah telling us they will get paradise and more. What is the more they will get? We need a reliable tafsir. In this case, we have the tafsir of the Prophet himself. He gave the tafsir of this ayah. There is a hadith in Sahih Muslim. Where the Prophet Sallallahu himself Gave the tafsir and explained That this ziyadah It is that the believers will be able to see Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala And there's a long narration About how the people of paradise Allah gives them everything they want And then uh, somebody calls out A call is made to the people of paradise That Allah has promised to fulfill His promise So they say Allah made our weighing scales heavy Good deeds And He saved us from the fire And He entered us into paradise What more is there to be fulfilled? So then it mentions Allah removes His veil And they are able to see Him and that is the greatest naim of al-Jannah. The greatest blessing for them in paradise. So that is the extra or the ziyadah that they have been promised on top of paradise. There is another very similar ayah to that. Lahumma yashā'ūna mazīd. Allah says, they will have whatever they want in paradise. And we have for them even more. They will have whatever they want. وَلَدَيْنَا مَزِيدَ And we have extra even on top of everything they want. What is the extra again? Seeing Allah. That they see Allah. That is the greatest blessing for them in paradise. Then there are some other ayat also further proving that the believers will see Allah in the Day of Judgment, in the hereafter, there is the ayah in Surah al Mutaffifin. in fact two ayahs you could say, there is number 23, Al Lurun, That they will be upon their, their thrones looking looking at who looking at allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and similarly ayah number 15 of al mutaffifin kalla innahum ar-rabbihim yawm yawm eith that nay they will be veiled from seeing their lord on that day they will be veiled from seeing their Lord on that day. Who will be veiled? Al-mujrimun, the wrongdoers, the mushrikoon. They will be veiled from seeing their Lord. Kalla, innahum 'an rabbihim yawma idhin lamahjubun. So how is this evidence that the believers will see Allah? This is actually so far an evidence telling us that the wrongdoers will not be seeing Allah. What's that got to do with the believers seeing Allah? How's that a proof that the believers will see Allah? What is known as mafhumul muhalatha, That the, the, the opposite understanding that you can gain from it. Meaning, if Allah is telling us that the wrongdoers they will be veiled from seeing Him on that day then that must mean the good-doers the believers will not be veiled from seeing their Lord if Allah is telling us that the mujrimoon are going to be veiled from seeing Him then it must mean that the non-mujrimoon The believers, the righteous, they will not be veiled from seeing their Lord. Must mean that. Somebody says, why? Why does it must mean that? Because if Allah is telling us this this dispraise of the mujrimoon, that is a dispraise of the mujrimoon, they will be veiled from seeing Allah. Then that is only a dispraise and something specific to them if the believers had some degree of elevation over them, if the believers were going to be veiled as well, then what difference is there between the believers and the Mujrimun, if all of them are going to be veiled? There would be no difference and that would not be correct. So the fact that the Mujrimun are being veiled, then it indicates that the good doers, the believers, the Mu'minun, will not be veiled. And that is the purpose of the dispraise of the mujrimoon. If the believers were being veiled too, then there is no difference in the mujrimoon and the believers in that dispraiseworthiness of being veiled. So the fact that the mujrimoon are veiled indicates that the mu'minoon will not be veiled. So they will see Allah. Also, In fact that is sufficient for the ayat, we'll come to the later ayat afterwards in the discussion. Um Sheikh al mentions after highlighting these evidences that we will see Allah. some of the Salaf they used to say Man Ankara Ruyat Allah fa innahu Whomsoever rejects seeing Allah then he is a kafir because the ayat that have been mentioned regarding it regarding seeing Allah they cannot hold any interpretation into them they are clear about seeing Allah there is no other interpretation they could encompass or uh, hold. There is only one clear understanding of them, of seeing Allah. So the one who does try to interpret them, and in other words, basically misinterpret them, then that individual is uh, at the level of basically equivalent to basically rejecting those awat by distorting them and misinterpreting them then he is equivalent to having rejected them. So let's do the ahadith and we'll come to the discussions as we go through the ahadith. The first one, قال Al-Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah, حدثنا عمر بن عون قال حدثنا خالد, خالد و هُشَيْم عن Ismail, an Qais, عن Jarir, قال. كنا جلوسا عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اذ نظر الى القمر ليلة البدر قال انكم سترون ربكم كما ترون هذا القمر لا تضامون في رؤيته فان استطعتم الا تغلبوا على صلاه قبل طلوع الشمس وصلاه قبل غروب الشمس فافعلوا in this narration, Jarir he says, We were sitting with the Prophet ﷺ and he looked at the full moon. It was a night of the full moon. So he says, we were sitting with the Prophet ﷺ, and the Prophet ﷺ looked up at the full moon. And then he said, Indeed, you will see your Lord just as you can see the moon, and you will not have any difficulty in seeing Him. So, if you are able not to be overcome in a prayer before the sunrise, Fajr, and in the prayer before sunset, the Maghrib, or Al then do so. If you can make sure you are not overcome in the Fajr and the Asr, then do so. So the opening part of the hadith, it explains that you will see your Lord, just as you can see the moon. Clear hadith again, highlighting the fact that we will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But, when the Prophet SallAllahu said, You will see your Lord just as you can see the moon, then is that a comparison between Allah and the moon? And we've said many times before, you cannot compare Allah to creation. So what does the hadith mean when the Prophet SallAllahu said, You will see Allah just as you see the moon? Is that not comparison between Allah and creation? Alright, but you have to be more specific in the wording. Comparison of yeah. the action. Huh? Uh, the what? Comparison of the action. Comparison of the action, what do you mean? See. It's an explanation of the So it's not an explanation of... It's, it's what, sorry? It's be like you see
1: the moon clear. and so
0: you see Allah play, like how you see the moon. So the point is, the comparison is not in the actual moon It's not about the moon It's about the method of seeing on a, on a night when it's a full moon Anybody, anywhere, look up and you can see the full moon So the ease by which you can see the full moon That's the point here How easily you can see this moon Then that is how Allah will allow you to see him on that day you will see your Lord on that day just as you can see the moon with ease then you will see Allah on that day the comparison is being made in the the manner and the method of seeing not the object of the moon itself because in another narration in fact the Prophet gave the example of the sun kama tarawna shams just like you see the sun uh, when, uh, when there are no sahab when there are no clouds in that other narration he said, You will see your Lord just as you see the sun when there are no clouds in front of it. The ease by which you can see the sun in the sky. So the comparison is not with the moon, it is with the method of seeing. Also in the narration it says La Tudamuna, and there are a few of this, La tu La Tu La and La Tabaruna. All of these have a similar type of meaning that there will be no obstacle in your way there will be no hindrance in your way, there will be no blocking each other, no hindrance of that nature and there will be no difficulty in harming one another to see all of these words indicating the ease by which you will see your Lord on that day no obstacles in the way, no uh, blocking each other, no crowding with each other you will see Allah with clarity on that day Without any difficulty Even though we'll come to it It doesn't mean that we will fully grasp Seeing Allah We will not encompass seeing Allah But we will see Allah So that is the first narration very clearly The Prophet telling them Just as easily as you can see the moon You will see your Lord Clear evidence regarding seeing Allah. The next narration: "Qaala hadthana Yusuf ibn Musa." "Qaala ibn Yusuf Abu Ismail ibn Abi Khalid an ibn Abi Hazm Jarir ibn Abd Allah." "Qaala." "Qaala." صلى الله عليه وسلم." إن in this narration, Jahir ibn Abdullah he says, That the Prophet said, Indeed, you will see your Lord عَيَانًا Meaning, literally, physically with your eyes, Actual eyesight. You will see your Lord عَيَانًا Not metaphorically, not in any type of symbolic way but rather in a literal physical way with your eyes, vision, you will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then, al-Imam al-Bukhari says, qala hadathana abdatu binu abdillah, qala hadathana husayninu al-ju'fi, an za'idah, qala hadathana Bayan ibn bishr, an Qais ibn abhi hazim, qala haddathana jarirun qal,
1: خرج عَلَيْنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ
0: لَيْلَةَ الْبَدْرِ فَقَالْ إِنَّكُمْ سَتَرَوْنَ رَبَّكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كَمَا تَرَوْنَ هَذَا لَا تُضَامُّونَ فِي رُؤْيَتِهِ That is the other wording of the other narration. That on one night the Prophet ﷺ came out, it was a full moon night, and he said to us, you will see your Lord on the Day of Judgment just like you see this. And you will not be crowding one another to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here now the Shaykh brings up the point uh, which some of the people of innovation they bring up. And that is the point regarding the ayah لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبْصَارِ وَهُوَ يُدْرِكُ الْأَبْصَارِ that the eyesight, the visions of people cannot grasp seeing Allah. The eyesight of us, we cannot comprehend seeing Allah. That is what the ayah says. Our eyesight cannot comprehend seeing Allah. We cannot grasp seeing Allah. So now they say that is a proof that We cannot see Allah. Ayah in the Quran telling you our eyesight cannot grasp, comprehend seeing Allah. So then what you're gonna say? The man comes and quotes the ayah to you, Quran, ayah telling you your eyesight cannot grasp seeing Allah, they cannot comprehend seeing Allah. Cannot encompass the vision of Allah. Cannot. Affirming in the Quran, they say to you, that we can't see Allah. So what are you going to say? Stoke representatives. What's the the fatwa from Stoke? (laughs) Any other fatwas anywhere? Nelson Fatawa, Nelson Fatawa, you can't do that, it's like, you know, I'm Nelson myself, so. (laughs) Anything else? (coughs) You have? (coughs) Exactly, that's basically it. So, the Aya says the eyesight of creation basically cannot grasp seeing Allah, cannot comprehend the sight of Allah. People of innovation say that means we can't see Allah, clear. In fact as Shaykhul Islam Ibn Taymiyyah said, the principle if the people of innovation ever use an authentic evidence to try and prove one of their innovations then use the same evidence back on them because if an innovator is using an authentic evidence, ayah of the Quran or an authentic narration hadith to prove an innovation you know he must be somewhere misinterpreting the ayah or misinterpreting the hadith to think that it's proving his innovation because the ayah and the authentic hadith would never be proving innovation so he must be misinterpreting something in there. Therefore, al Islam says, use the same ayah, just give him the right interpretation of it. And that will refute his incorrect position and belief. سَنَوْ so لَا تُدْرِكُهُ الْأَبِصَارِ The eyesight cannot encompass seeing Allah. The scholars have mentioned this is actually a proof that you will see Allah. How is it a proof that you will see Allah? Many of you know the answer, but really it's not, you know as the scholars, they say, it's one thing having knowledge of something, it's another thing being able to express that knowledge. So everybody, when we ask these questions, the answers are correct. But if you're doing an exam in the University of Medina, you put those answers down, you wouldn't really get many marks. Because they are your answers. They're not muhkam. So now, لا al Abbasar the scholars have said that there are two things to bear in mind there is one thing which is seeing and there is another thing which is to grasp and to encompass and to comprehend comprehension is one thing seeing is another thing in order for comprehension to occur then in the context of seeing something you need to have seen it first. It doesn't make sense for me to say to you, do you comprehend for example the phone? I got the cover on the phone right now. So I say to you, do you comprehend my phone? Meaning, do you understand my phone? What's the memory on it? What's the color of it? What's? Give me the details of my phone. Do you comprehend my phone? right now you can't even see my phone behind the cover so how possibly can i expect you to comprehend and give me some answer to its understanding when i'm not even showing you what it is it wouldn't make sense for me to talk about comprehension if vision of the item didn't occur in the first place if i show you the phone then i say okay now that you can see it vision has occurred now do you comprehend it? So now maybe a person can say okay yes that model I recognize it this much memory blah blah blah. You now have some level and ability to give some comprehension because you can now actually see what it is you're supposed to be comprehending. Therefore without vision of the item it doesn't make sense to talk about comprehension. Can vision occur but comprehension not occur, absolutely. So they give the example of the sun and moon again. When somebody says to you now, look at the moon at night, everybody can see the moon. Vision has occurred. The sight has occurred. Has comprehension of the moon occurred? No, because if I was to say to you then, okay, so you can see the moon, Tell me by just looking at it, how much does it weigh? What is the weight of the moon? You can see it right there in front of you. Do you know that just by looking at it? No. I say to you, what is the diameter of the moon? It's right there in front of you. Look up. What's the diameter of it? Can you tell me by looking at it just like that? No. What's the depth of it? What's this of it? What's that of it? Can you give me any of those details, even though it's right there in front of you looking at it? You can't, so the detailed comprehension and understanding isn't there, even though you can see it, even though you can see it, and it reminds me of a random example that occurred in Medina once, there was a brother from a European country, from Eastern Europe, he had never ever in his life, never ever in his life had a burger. So one day we went to eat somewhere And we got burgers and this brother from this particular country in Eastern Europe Had never ever seen or had a burger to eat So when the ketchup sachets came He opened the ketchup sachet And poured it on top of the burger He said what you put the ketchup on top of your food and things isn't it? He said I've never had one So now he sees the burger, he's about to eat the burger but he doesn't comprehend what this item of food is so you can see something but you may not comprehend its reality so that can exist and that is what this ayah is referring to you will see Allah but you will not be able to comprehend Allah if we were not going to be able to and this is the key if we were not going to be able to see Allah in the first place then Why would Allah tell us we're not going to be able to comprehend? Obviously we're not going to be able to comprehend if we're not going to be able to see Him in the first place. So now the scholars say, it can't be then. It can't be that explanation of yours. If your explanation is correct, that we're not going to see Allah, then it doesn't make sense. Why would Allah say we're not going to comprehend if we're not going to even see prior to that in the first place? This must therefore prove If Allah is talking to us about comprehension It must prove that we are going to be given Sight and vision of Allah We are going to be given sight and vision of Allah That's why we've now come to the topic of comprehension Being spoken about to us in the Quran That you will see Allah But you will not comprehend And encompass Allah with your sights due to the might and majesty of Allah. So that is what the scholars mentioned. If we were never going to see Allah in the first place then it doesn't make sense why Allah would tell us that we're not going to comprehend Him because obviously we're not then. Therefore it must mean the fact that comprehension is being spoken about, then it must mean that vision and sight of Allah will occur hence the topic of comprehension comes up in the first place so now Allah tells us you won't comprehend Him okay we won't comprehend and grasp the might and majesty of Allah when we see Him but it proves that we will therefore see Him we just won't comprehend and encompass everything we see due to the might and majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that is the refutation or the explanation Regarding the people of innovation on that point, they have other evidences they use too. They have other evidences they use too to say that we will not see Allah. One is the example regarding Musa alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam in the Quran mentions Surah Al A'raf, he said, Rabbi arini. Anzhur ilik, my lord, show me, let me look at you. Musa salam said, allow me to look at you. But the response he was given was, "Lan tarani, you will not see me. "Lan" in the Arabic language indicates a negation into the future tense. You will not be seeing me. You will not be seeing me. Ie that's future tense you're not going to be seeing me you are not going to be seeing me if somebody says that to you now in spoken language you say to somebody uh, I'll meet you at such and such a place he says no no you're not going to be seeing me there you're not going to be seeing me there does that in the Arabic language, anyway, with the word "lan," does it necessitate an infinite negation—that you will never ever see me there? In Arabic, it doesn't; it does not mean that. So when Allah said to Musa (as), "Lan tarani," you will not be seeing me; you will not see me. In some translations, maybe you will never see me—future tense negation. It does not, in the Arabic language, mean indefinite negation it's a negation to a point. What is that point? Death and then resurrection. Hence, لَنْ تَرَوْ رَبَّكُمْ حَتَّىٰ تَمُوتُوا Also, the scholars, they say, it cannot mean you will never ever see me because that would mean or that would indicate an ascription of جَهْل to Musa (laughs) It is like you're saying that the most knowledgeable of the people there amongst Bani Israel Musa the selected one from the best of the messengers he was upon jahl not knowing saying Allah uh, allow me to see you upon jahl not knowing and that is not the case so they say what it meant was that Allah was saying to him in this world you cannot but in the hereafter you will so that is not an evidence for the people of innovation either lantarani you will never see me is, you will never see me in this life. After the resurrection, then that's different. Also, any other evidences the people of innovation may use? Or any other points? Famous points? The opposite side now. The ones who say you can see Allah in this world too. One of the things that they will rely upon is the story of Al Isra' wal Mi'raj. When the Prophet was taken up to the heavens on the night of Al Isra' wal Mi'raj, did he see Allah that night? So, in that, you have the statement of Aisha. She says, Whoever claims That the Prophet saw Allah that night has lied. But Ibn Abbas said the Prophet saw Allah on that night. So now, do we have a contradiction between the companions in a matter of usul of al-aqeedah? The scholars they've highlighted that is not a contradiction the Prophet ﷺ did not see Allah on that night. And there's a famous narration, hijabuhu nur anna arah His covering is light, how could I see him? So when Aisha was saying anybody who claims that he saw him is a liar, she was talking about physically seeing Allah. Anybody claims the Prophet Sallallahu physically saw Allah is lying. Whereas Ibn Abbas, when he was saying the Prophet saw Allah, he was talking about the vision of the heart, not physical with the eyes. The vision of the heart. A al as they say. So not physical vision of the eyes, but a vision of the heart. That, Ibn Abbas was affirming. So that is not a proof that the Prophet saw Allah, whereas the people of innovation who claim that these days, the Sufi are basically and their sects, they say their Imams go up to paradise at night. This is mentioned in their books. They say that their great Imams, they go to paradise at night because you know they believe that their Imams can reach a level whereby they don't have to practice the Sharia anymore. That is in their beliefs. Some of the sects of the people of innovation of the types of the Sufis etc. They believe that Imams can get to such a level of being awliya of Allah, that they no longer have to practice the Sharia. They are exempt now. And they say these are the types of Imams who when they reach that level, Allah takes them to paradise at night. And they walk around in the gardens of paradise at night. They walk around in the lush gardens and the trees and the rivers of paradise and they see Allah and they are with Allah at night. And then in the morning, Bradford? They come back to Bradford. That, that could almost be racist. And they come back to Cheatham Hill. They come back to the markets over here, three for 99p. But at night, they're in paradise with Allah. These are the types of stories they have. So they say that the imams see Allah at night and talk to Allah and they believe the revelation comes to them now directly from Allah. That they go to paradise at night and Allah tells them things and then they come and they do that and they practice that. So it's direct revelation coming to them. That's what they believe. That's how they, they portray it to their followers that they are speaking to Allah and they are at a level that they are exempt of the sharia and everybody knows of that famous Cypriot, the Cypriot who used to claim that the angels, they came to him and they said to him, you're done, you are free, we're no longer writing down your deeds. That's what he claims, he's died now, that famous Cypriot. And he said that the angels came to him and said, we're no longer writing your books anymore. Your books are done, finished. You can do what you want. And so he starts swearing, he says I'm free, the angels have told me I'm free now, I got to a level, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, in fact the Prophet Muhammad all the way till the end praying, all the way into into his illness coming out and praying, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, Umar ibn Khattab stabbed, stabbed, so many times that when he used to drink milk he used to pour out from his stab wounds, the milk used to go down and pour out from the stab wounds and he got up and prayed still. They went to him and they said, prayer, prayer, O Umar ibn Khattab. He said, absolutely, for indeed there is no religion. There is no share of the religion for the one who does not pray. But these people, mashallah, got to a level where there is no prayer, there is no sharia for them. So that is some of the points regarding the issue of seeing Allah. There's more to come, yet more narrations. The long hadith is coming next, which we'll begin with in two weeks' time. Next weekend, as you know, is the conference in Birmingham. So this class is canceled. All of the classes, Bolton, Liverpool, Nelson, Leeds, everything next weekend will be canceled. So we encourage everyone to make an effort to go to Birmingham. You'll definitely benefit a great deal. Do as many days as you can there. Stay the night there. Attend that conference full three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, lectures, four or five or six every day, Telelinks. links outside as well, you have the stores and everything, a proper conference organized, a national conference, and you'll see all of the brothers, all of Ahl Sunnah coming from around the country to attend, and in fact not from around the country, but brothers come from Europe too, from Europe and, and beyond, from Europe and beyond, they come from the far reaches of the world, it can be said, from the Caribbean they come, from the, the Asia they come, to attend the conference, so definitely next weekend make the effort to go there, Uh, And then in two weeks time we'll come back here uh, to carry on insha'Allah ta'ala, make sure you follow uh, updates here in the masjid and the accounts and things because maghrib time will be changing by then uh, and the class times may change, Uh, we'll have to see what's going on. But keep up to date with the uh, messaging and everything to uh, 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 keep up to date with the times. So we'll conclude upon that for today, anything to add, any questions, anything? Mm. Oh. Yeah, if the mountain stays in its place Then you will see me But the mountain collapsed the mountain? Absolutely, absolutely That's also a proof In that story that Allah said to Musa Look at the mountain If the mountain stays in its place Then you will see me But when Allah revealed himself to the mountain The mountain collapsed That means we can't see Allah in this world because if a mountain of the power of a mountain couldn't burden seeing Allah in this world, we certainly can't. But also it's a proof that we will see Allah because a mountain, a rock, if Allah allows a rock to see him, then certainly Allah will allow his righteous servants and believers to see him. The righteous servants and believers who have been given nobility over and above the inanimate objects, so if the inanimate object is able to see then certainly the believers will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also. But there's more to come as well. We'll do more discussion on the topic in two weeks time when we carry on insha'Allah. So we'll round up there then.